0: Welcome home to the Sanctuary A place of rest for the broken and weary Where you can let go Cause you're fully known Fuck forever daddy Oh how we love you so I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary
1: Fellowship We pray the following message will be encouraging to you Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion And discover the joy of a relationship with the Creator All right, all right. I know we've had a lot already going on this morning. Can you guys give me just a couple moments because God has put a message on my heart for us? Amen. All right, all right. Bless those kids, man. Bless the ministry team that's doing an awesome job with these kids. It's awesome to see them serving and worshiping and singing and preaching. And man, what's better than that, right? Amen. All right, all right. You ready? Pray with me. Say, God, move me, challenge me, touch me, scare me. Just don't leave me the way I came in. Amen. Amen. Here's my quote this morning. I like to start with a quote. Anybody here for the first time today? All right. We welcome you. Amen. Amen. Uh, throughout the course, they're just going to put a little piece of paper in your hand and then uh, we're going to make you get up and do a little song and a dance before, before you leave. Praise God. Alright, I'd like to start with a quote. Here's my quote this morning. We cannot become what we want to be by remaining what we are. Come on, that's, that's, that's so simple, it's so deep. Amen? Here's the second one. What you do speaks so loud people cannot hear what you say. Oh, i let that circle around the, those that are a little slower and let it, let it, let it land. It's, it's in orbit, definitely. It's in action. What you do speaks so loud people can't hear what you say. I want to continue last week's message this morning. And last week's message was if you're going to do it, part two, amen? We're in the world series, we're going through the book of Genesis together, as a church we like to go through entire books together, just so that you never say, I, I didn't know that was in there, amen? So we can go through the entire book and not just, and not skip the ugly parts, and not just, you know, preach on the happy, happy parts and the good, good parts, but, but really, you know, go through the highs and the lows together in the word of God, so that we can be thoroughly equipped, Amen? We like to preach the full gospel. Alright, so we, read, we left off in Genesis chapter 4 last week. If you got your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it's alright. Check it when you get home. Make sure I'm not talking deparate. Yeah. Genesis chapter 4. And where we, we, we read last week that Adam and Eve gave birth to Cain and Abel, right? And Abel was a shepherd and Cain was a farmer. And it came to pass that Cain and Abel brought an offering to the Lord... Each one brought from what they had, right? And God accepted Abel and his offering, but rejected Cain and Cain's offering. And one of the, the biggest things that we can take away from that story for, to help us today is that, one, God is not always impressed with what things look like on the outside. Say amen. Otherwise, some of us be in trouble. God is not, oh, impressed with what things look like on the outside. Cain's offering was probably nicer, neater, uh, more appealing, but easier to look at than, than Abel's offering, which was a bloody mess, right? But God is more concerned with the heart of the offerer than with the offering. Somebody say amen. amen. Because the offering is tied to the offerer, right? The worship is tied to the worshiper. The sacrifice is tied to the one who is sacrificing. Amen? Amen. And, and, and part two, another thing we can take away from the story is that God is gracious, but he's just. Amen. Amen. Depending on what side you're standing on, we can flip it and say, God is just, but he's gracious. And that's a, church, that's a tender balance, man. and something that we always have to keep in mind because if we lean too far to one side or the other, we miss the boat, man, and we lose it. We go off, amen? amen. See, if, if everything is justice, then all we're concerned about is your behavior, amen. right? And, and it's all about, you know, your treatment is based on your behavior, and that's a justice system. You get what you deserve. Right? And, and you know, you have churches that'll tell you, man, churches that lean on that system tend to be real legalistic. They'll tell you, well, you do bad, you get bad. They'll tell you, you're sick because you're in sin. You don't get healed, God don't listen to you because you're in sin. Right? You, you don't pray enough, and that's why you don't get healed enough. Right? If you really love God, you would be healed by now. Anybody? See, and, and and they love they love Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. And you could get hammered with that. Right? Anybody in here know somebody that's a sinner? <laughs> if they don't have their hand up, just raise their hand for them. Cause they're a hypocrite too. So, and, and but the problem is now, <laughs> see, the truth of, of that matter is that. It's, it, it, it rains, as we know this weekend, it rains both on the good and the bad, right? And sometimes bad things happen to good people. Amen? Sometimes, man, good people go through some hard times. And so, don't let anybody tell you you're going through hard times or bad times because you're a bad person. That ain't biblical, man. That ain't godly. Amen? Now, on the other side of that, if, if, if a church leans all on the grace then we just become a bunch of lovely bubbleheads, right and everything is good God is so good and and then we totally ignore behavior and in that kind of place you could do whatever you like yeah because God loves you God he accepts you just like you are he's a and a good God wouldn't send anybody's grandma to hell right I use grandma because like grandmas are like the most sweetest beautiful people ever and we have so many great grandmas up in here. I love you ladies. Amen. And, and but a good God wouldn't send grandmas to hell. But the word says that there's only one way. Amen. Sorry grandma. <laughs> a man reaps what he sows. Amen. And so, you know, the, 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 there's a danger. You know, he, here's the problem in, in thinking that, you know, well, just it's grace. Everything is grace, man, and, and God's good. Here, the, the, the problem is the Bible compares our relationship to Christ as a husband and a bride. Right? And so, you know, he, here's a little test. Wives, try this approach at home with your husbands. Honey, I just met a guy at work. I'm going to go out to dinner with him tonight because, you know, he wants to get to know me. And maybe we'll catch a movie after, you know, and, or maybe we'll go back to his place. Don't wait up. Oh, and thank you for loving me just the way I am. Thank you for loving me just the way I am. Amen? That, that won't fly. Any husbands say amen? That will not fly. I'm not an advocate of violence, but that will render some violence. <laughs> A man reaps what he sows. So church, if you're going to do it, do it right. If you're going to do this thing, do it right. We're called to be the bride, not the chia. Amen? Chia means girlfriend in Spanish. Something like that. Alright, so the message of Cain and Abel describes perfectly, listen, this balance of justice and grace. it's It's the best picture of it. Listen, listen to this. He, God, he accepts the one who, the ones who come correct and corrects the ones who come. Amen. Oh, man, that's beautiful. Listen to that. He accepts the ones who come correct and He corrects the one who comes. Amen. Man, that's a beautiful thing about God, isn't it? See, the wages of sin is death, but the same verse continues and says, but the free gift of God is eternal life. The free gift of God is eternal life. Wages of sin, that's justice. The free gift of life, that's grace. That church is the full gospel. Amen? Amen. That's the full gospel. All right, so let's finish the story because there's more there. Tell somebody there's more so Cain got angry right we, we started getting into this. Cain got angry because he thought like many of us do that God should just accept whatever it is we give him and he felt God should be pleased with his offering anybody I know you, you don't have to raise your hands but we've been there right <laughs> God you should just be happy I made it to church this morning so what I was an hour and a half late so what? I made it for the blessing at the end. But you should just be happy I made it. Maybe next time I get a little up a little earlier. You know, Saturday was there was a big party. Anyway. So, so King got angry. He felt, you know, God should have. And so, and and the beautiful, you see the loving father heart of God here. God questions him, God communicates with him. God encourages him and he warns him. In verse 7, he says. Won't you be accepted if you do what's right? If you do what's right, you'll be accepted. And then he says, And if you don't do what's right, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. I want you to really get this picture. But you must master it. See, God is painting this incredible picture right in the beginning of Genesis for us. Right here at the beginning that if we do what's right, we'll be accepted. Right? We we know that much. But if we don't do what's right, sin, listen, like an animal, is crouching at the door. I want you to think of that picture. Sin, like an animal, is crouching at the door. Get get that in your head. Its desire is for you. What does that mean? I'm glad you guys asked. Why would something lie in wait at the door? Why, why would something crouch at the door that has a desire for you? Why? Because he wants to get in. Amen? That must have been somebody that went to Bible school. Got that answer. That's a deep theological discussion, right? Why would something wait at the door? Because it wants to get in. Listen, uh, I'm, I'm, once it gets in, when, when sin is outside the door, you don't have to deal with it. But once sin gets in... Now it becomes your problem, doesn't it? Once it gets in, you have to deal with it. You, you, you hear Christians talking all the time about not opening up doors to the enemy, right? Anybody ever heard that? And, and if you're not from church, if you don't have a church background, you're like, What the heck are they talking about? What is that? You know, open doors to what? Whatever. You know, that's that Christian lingo mumbo-jumbo that people talk. I don't understand what that means. But see, the, the, the deal is, once open, an open door gives sin an entrance, it gives it a foothold. And when sin has a foothold, it controls you. We, man, we, we can testify about this, right? Here's a quote. It is more prudent to exercise all of your ability to keep a thief from getting into the house... Because once he is in, he's coming after everything that's yours. Mm. We read books and books and and seminars and conferences about, you know, dealing with them in the house. Right? What we got to do is keep them out the house. That's really where the focus has to be. If you're going to do this thing, Do do it right. If, if you do it right, he will stay crouching at the door He could and starve to death.
0: <laughs>
1: Amen? That's, what, that's how we roll. That's how we're supposed to roll, church. He stays crouching at the door, ha- having a desire for us, but can't touch us. Amen? See, the enemy growls around the earth like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, the word says. But he can't touch you, lest God let him. We we need to understand the authority that we have in Christ. Amen? He can't touch you, lest you let him. Listen, little sins get in at the window and open the front door to the full-grown house wreckers. We could probably go around the room, tell stories to each other how we gave in to little things. And once those little things got inside the house, amen, there's two of us. See, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me me give you some real deep theological stuff here. You can't invite the enemy in and tell him to behave himself. (laughs) It sounds silly, but we do it. We do it with our lifestyles. We do it with the way we live, amen? If you're going to do it, see, we can't, we can't let the enemy come in and then tell him don't act up. You could, you could live here, but don't act up. Right? Behave yourself. Don't break nothing. And, and we do that with our lifestyles. Listen, let me get raw with you. You can't make out with the enemy and then get mad when he tries to go for his. Is that raw enough? But we do it. We, you know how we do it. We entertain stuff that we don't need to be entertaining. We get ourselves into stuff that we don't need to be getting into, right? It's the same thing. We dance and we slow jamming. Mm. Jesus, I love you, but I'm just enjoying this dance for I love you, though, Jesus. He promised to not act up. And then, and we just end this thing, amen? Oh. <laughs> Church, we can't be playing games with the enemy, letting them touch us and expect to stay pure. There are some doors that we open that lead us to, into total damnation. And I believe it's time for the body of Christ to start slamming some damn doors. Amen? Can we put it that way? It's time that we start slamming some damn doors because these doors are leading us into things. Listen, God just showed me. This is the the message right here. Forget about everything else. This is the stuff that somebody needs to understand today. We need to slam some doors. And we're going to get a chance to do that in a minute because when we don't do what's right, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. Can I say something to my young people? Stop flirting with fire. Stop flirting with fire. The enemy plays for keeps. His desire is for you. Slam the damn door. If you're going to do this thing, do it right. Where my 1-5 is at? Yeah. Amen. Because listen, listen. watch what happens when we don't. Let's continue in the story. Watch. Genesis 4 8. Cain spoke to Abel. This is right after God warns him. God says, man, Cain, sin is right at the door and his desire is for you, man. But if you do what's right you're going to be accepted. If you don't do what's right, this thing, watch what's going to happen, right? The very next verse, Genesis 4, 8, Cain speaks to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his, his brother Abel and killed him. <coughs> Listen, that doesn't have the impact for us that it had here because there's murder every day, Right? We play video games. We murder people. We murder 400 people before the game's over. Uh, You know what I'm saying? There's no... It doesn't carry the weight. But understand, at this point in history, there were no murders. Nobody has been killed. Nobody, nobody. Cain rose up and killed Abel. Look how quickly we go from worship to murder. Isn't it crazy that the first recorded act of worship leads to the first murder. Wow. Now, listen, King didn't set out to be a murderer. Just like you and I, we don't set out to be the things that we end up being sometimes, right? Nobody sets out to, let's go wreck a a marriage. Let's go wreck a house. Let's go destroy some children. Let's go destroy, you know, with, with, with divorce, with this, with infidelity, with unfaithfulness. Let's, nobody does that, but it's the little things that we let, those little doors that we leave open. Those little things. And then the sin is crouching like an animal at the door, man. That is a scary picture. And its desire is for us. And so we don't set out to be these things that we become. Cain surely didn't set out to be a murderer, but now it's a wrap for Cain. Look what happens. Because when you refuse or abuse the grace of God, you're only left with His justice. Church, please hear this. In God there's grace and there's justice. When we refuse or abuse the grace of God, there's only justice. Okay? You you follow me so far? So, so in verse 9, it says, Then the Lord says to Cain, Where's your brother Abel? And Cain says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? How many of you know, again, when God asks questions, He knows the answers to them already. When God asks questions, it's not because He's... ¿Qué pasó? I, I wonder what happened. Pero ¿qué pasó con Abel? I don't know what happened. No, God, when God asks you questions, He's giving us opportunity to come clean. Amen? Teenagers, when your parents ask you questions, sometimes they know the answer to them. They're giving you an opportunity to come clean. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) So, so... Cain, uh, notice here, Cain didn't feel bad about his sin. Cain answers God with an attitude. Cain just murdered his brother. The word doesn't tell us, but he probably buried him in the ground, dug a hole and buried him to hide him. And and he's he's coming back with dirt under his fingernails. And God says, where's Abel? What have you done? And Cain says, I don't know. What am I, my brother's keeper? He comes back to God with an attitude. He's not even feeling bad about what he did. God replies, verse 11, Now you're cursed. Now you're cursed. Verse 11. See, God. we can look at that and say, Man, God is mean. No, God is just. God is just. God told him. God spoke to him personally. He didn't send him a letter. He didn't send him an email or a text message. He spoke to him. He said, Br- My brother... If you do what's right, you'll be accepted. If you don't, sin is right there crouching at your door. Look where it has you now. Look at you now. Look at you. He killed his own brother. So, so listen, God replies, Now you're cursed from the ground, and which has opened up its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Listen, now when you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. Remember, he's a farmer. God is saying, now the ground is cursed. It won't yield to you its strength. And you shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on this earth. Let's, look at, let's talk about the curse for a minute. Remember in Genesis 3, when Adam messed up, God tells Adam, the, the ground is cursed. Right, he he. Because Adam was disobedient, he tells Adam, "Cursed is the ground, and in sorrow and toil shall you eat of the fruits of it all the days of your life." Well, now look, the curse upon Cain was that Adam's curse would be amplified. Oh man, parents, take heed! Your kids can cancel or compound your curse. Your sons and daughters will perfect your sins. Abel, the first one-fiver, he said, I'm going to do things differently. Cain says, I'm going to be a farmer just like my dad. Dads, please listen. Cain says, I'm going to be just like my dad. And so the word tells us if the bringing forth of food from the earth is going to be toilsome for Adam, it's going to be impossible for Cain. And in Genesis 3, 4, Adam was driven from Eden. Genesis 4 says Cain would find no resting place. He's going to be a wanderer all over the earth. Verse 13, Cain says to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Watch this. Behold, you have driven me today from the ground. From your face I shall be hidden, and I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer, and whoever finds me will kill me. Notice, Cain didn't feel bad about his sin. He only felt bad about getting caught. I'll let that sit. He, didn't, he only felt bad about his punishment. He, and I know that's not any of us, right? But one of the clearest marks of sin, of living a life of sin, is an almost natural response to excuse ourselves and complain if we're judged in any way. God says not so. As a matter of fact, if anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone who found him should attack him. And Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. The Lord put a mark on Cain. The word does not tell us what that is. This could possibly be the first tattoo. But don't get excited because it was for a bad reason. So it's not a good verse to justify. God put a mark on him to keep him alive. Why? I, I, I believe this is my conjecture. I believe God didn't want any more murders coming from this murder. Right? Because he said, hey, I'm going to be killed. And he had, people had every right to kill him. And so I believe God didn't want any murders coming from this murder. And two, God was giving Cain, like He gave Adam, like He gives you and me. He's given us time to repent, He's given us time to come to Him. Somebody say, That's a gracious God, man. That is gracious. But listen, the truth is, all sin makes us homeless wanderers all all sin there is but one home for the heart and one place of rest for men and that's in the heart of God listen if you haven't found that yet please please hear that today there's only one place of rest you can look you can search you probably have which has led you here today But there is one place of rest, and and that's in the heart of God. Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, and all who are heavy laden, and you will find rest. Come to me, and you'll find rest, Jesus says. Listen, outside of Christ, there's no rest. If you're going to do this thing... There is no other way to do it. Look around. You see the rich trying to buy it, the affluent trying to secure it, the poor trying to steal it, the hood rat trying to justify it, the educated trying to explain it, the professors trying to deny it, the religious trying to earn it, the young trying to ignore it, the old making excuses for it, the world trying to blind you from it, and the enemy trying to substitute it. But outside of Christ, there's no rest. There's no peace and there's no joy. Listen, happiness is natural. Joy is spiritual. Now let's look at this beautiful picture. I'll close with this. Look at this beautiful picture. Abel was a picture of Christ. You and me were that other brother. Tell somebody you're the other brother from another mother, right? Listen, listen, Abel was a picture of Christ. Jesus was the brother of us all whose sacrifice was accepted. Ah, oh, come on, man, it's good. His innocent blood still cries out from the ground and still speaks into the ear of God. Only his blood cries out, not pleading for vengeance, but pleading for forgiveness. Oh, man. Innocent blood still cries out from the ground. Innocent blood still speaks to the heart of God and it's pleading for you and for me for forgiveness. Church, if you're going to do this thing, do it because it's the right thing to do. Do it because it was already done for you. Do it because it was done with you in mind. Do it knowing that even when you're weak, in in your weakness, His strength will be made perfect. Do it with all of your heart because while we were still ungodly, innocent blood was shed for you and for me worship team you can come remember that what you do speaks so loud people can't hear what you say and so what i want to do i'm going to ask pastor gary to come in come up and i believe what needs to happen today before we leave just for a few moments we need to close some damn doors Amen? We need to close some doors that lead us toward toward ways of damnation, man. We need to close some doors. Listen, I want you, let's just bow our heads for a moment. There are doors of rebellion. There are doors of self-sufficiency. There are doors of mistrust. There's doors of offense. There's doors of bitterness. Listen, if if we don't let forgiveness in, bitterness will never get out. And I believe somebody needs to receive that today. If we don't let forgiveness in, bitterness will never move out. And so, you know, I don't want to shout out all your doors. I don't want to shout out anybody's laundry. God knows I have my own. Amen. God knows I have my own. And so please don't ever see me as somebody judging you or as somebody telling you what to do because I know better. Man, I know what the word says. That I know. And because of that, God holds me more accountable. But I believe we got to close some doors. And so if that's you, man, if there's some things that you've let into your life, if there's some things that, that have kept you from finding rest, that have kept you from having joy, I believe we can close them today. I believe we can reverse the curse. Some of you feel like, that, like there's been curses handed down throughout your family. Man, if you look, really, this is something incredible. If you look at your life and look at your past, Some of us are just like our fathers, and our fathers are just like their fathers. Some of us, our mothers, we're just like our mothers. We've done the same thing that our mothers do, even though we swore that it was bad and we'd never do it, but we're there. And I believe we need to break some of those curses because I do believe the curse can be lifted. I do believe there's victory in the blood. I do believe you don't have to suffer what was put on on your generations. Amen. The word of God is beautiful. It says that the vengeance of God will visit generations to a hundred of those that hate God. But then it says it will visit those with blessings to those to a thousand generations of those that love god so for some of us we're walking in a blessed generation for some of us we need to flip it and and start the blessed generation for our kids for our generation gary would you would you come
0: and bring that the bible says that sin separates us from god but if we confess our sin God is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sin. You can leave here today totally clean, totally washed. You can leave out of here dancing and rejoicing. I don't know what you've been doing. I don't know where you were last night, but if you're willing to be washed by the blood of Jesus, if you're willing to turn there's nothing standing between you and heaven. Nothing standing between you and the blessing. But it's gonna take something on your part. It's gonna take an acknowledgement, God, I've sinned, i failed, I messed up. That's me, I'm standing here before you and I'll tell you, I've messed up. I'll tell God, God, I'm sorry, God. I, I've fallen short. I've failed, Lord God. I've spoken words that I shouldn't, oh God. I've torn people down with my words, God, instead of building them up. How, how, how about you? Are you willing to stand just between you and God? It, if, if you're saying right now, I confess my sin, I turn from my sin, just between you and God, if you'll just stand with me right now. You say, I'm the first one. I need God. I need the forgiveness of God. You see, I've fallen short of God's best for my life. i made promises I couldn't keep. I'm sorry, Jesus. Just tell him right now. Let's just be silent for a minute. And just between you and God, just, just confess that thing, whether it's lying Sexual sin, pornography, cursing, drunkenness, whatever it is. You can leave here today without it. You can leave here today cleansed and pure as a child of God. So just stand. I'm going to just be silent for a few seconds. Father, we just declare to you today, Lord God, that we are sorry for our sins, Lord God. We turn from unrighteousness, Lord God. We turn from rebelling against your ways, God. We confess we are sinners, that we've fallen short. So just right now, just lift your hand to heaven. Just receive forgiveness. Father, I thank you, Lord God, Father, let the waves of heaven right now just begin to blow through this place. Just bring forgiveness. God's touching you right now. He's bringing healing to your heart. He's making you clean. Whatever you've done, He's loving and patient. He's the God of the second and the 50th and the 70th, and the 100th chance. You see, if he wasn't, I would have no business standing here right now. I'd have to put the mic down and go home. But every day I come to God. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for sons and daughters of the living God, washed in the blood made pure and holy, Lord God, because of your sacrifice, Lord God. So right now, in Jesus' name, I break every curse off of your life. In the name of Jesus, I break every generational curse, going back even a thousand generations. In Jesus' name, I break the spirit of poverty. I break the spirit of lack off of you. In Jesus' name. I break the curse of addiction, child abuse, spousal abuse. In Jesus' name, I break the curse of failure. In Jesus' name, every curse that's on your life and we just place it on the cross. In Jesus' name, I decree that you are free. You are free in Jesus. I speak freedom in Jesus' name. Just receive it. The curse broken that thing that's been that's been following you your whole life, that failure it's gone, it's broken. if you'll just believe it, it's gone. God we thank you Lord God that you've set us free oh God. yes, yes. that there's nothing anymore Lord God that will torment us. I break those the power of those nightmares. Yes. Some of you, you've been having nightmares, sleepless nights. I break the power of it right now in Jesus' name. And I release the rest of God. I, re- I release the Sabbath rest. Even right now, just receive it. Just, just rest in His goodness right yes. now. Yes. Let's yes. just worship Him. Yes. Let's, see, we have something to worship Him about. Yeah he is a good God, he is patient, he's loving, he's long-suffering, and he won't let you go, he won't let you go, let's praise him.